0: Today, This is the Jeff Salgado Show with my co-host Mike Boyd. What's up, man? Not much. Here we are. It's Sunday, August 2nd, 2020. It is raging hot, but we've gotten used to it. It's like 93 right now, but I mean, it's been 100 all week, but I kind of acclimated, so I'm not too... It fucking feels cool now. Yeah, exactly. My body's completely acclimated. If I got like around 80 degrees, I start getting chills. It's super cold for me. So today... We have an interview with Eric Hammers from the band Death Wish. Sick. Really cool friend of mine. Met him on tour when he was with his other band, Wartorn, and we'll get to that soon. So how have you been, Mike? I've been good, man.
1: How about you, dude? I'm great. What have you been up to? Uh, Just bitter shit. Mostly everything. We got that video done, so that's out there. That's up on our YouTube, The Bitter Sacramento. Go check it out. We got some live footage out there, too, from back in the day when you could play shows. And... We are finishing up tracking for a new EP that we're dropping. We got a five song EP coming out. All the instruments are done. All we got to do now is vocals, and that's a wrap. Awesome. What are you up to? So on the last episode, I was talking about how
0: we released our first single. It's called We Don't Trust You. We released it on Decibel Magazine. It was written by my guitar player, Dan Mills. He did a great job with that and um, has a lyric video on there went really good really well received so we're really excited about that and last week we released um, another song another single called Fortune Dealer which our guitar player Victor Hansen wrote and that one actually has Dave Sanchez doing guest vocals on it and it's fucking blowing up fat right now we're really excited
1: congrats man
0: thank you and all those are available for download on um, any streaming services uh, Zoom iTunes Spotify YouTube, you can look up, look them upstream anywhere you want. And so, uh, we do have some more stuff on the way. We have another single coming out real soon, and then the album will drop. And then after that, we will, uh, release our video that we shot last weekend. Oh, yeah, that's right. You tore this place up. Man. Yeah. We changed, we, we turned the entire, where we're at right now, our rehearsal room was like an entire, like, video studio. It was crazy. We brought in our own lights, uh, changed the backdrop. Everything was, you know really moved around but it, it worked out great And it was grueling we'd ended up doing about I want to say we shot for about 16 and a half hours it's two days worth and we did about average as I'm guesstimating about 85 to 90 takes all together because we had some that were stationary so we count those two as takes even though it was on the same take multiple cameras and it was uh, a lot of physical work. It was brutal, dude. I was like, "God damn!" This this room was not cool at all. It was hot, I sweat fucking, box, dude. You got yeah, you got four guys fucking banging their heads. I mean, Toby's just a monster, and when he gets warmed up, dude, that guy was ripping it just like the album. He was slaying it. It was really good. We were excited just to watch him play with the with the track playing over the PA. It was really sweet, and then. Uh, we just we worked our ass off with that, and then uh, last night I was editing it with Jesse. Jesse Davis is the guy that shot it, and he's going to be doing the editing. And uh, we're just really getting in deep, and we haven't really started the editing yet, but we got everything lined up. Like all the all the filters are set, because you know the light sources aren't always perfect, so you can do things on the camera to make it look really good. And uh, he's really good at that. So that, that we want to release that after the album's released on August 28th. So we'll have that after that, probably in September or something, sometime cool. in September. And so um, uh, we're going to campaign for this record for the better part of the next year, because we got more stuff on the way even after its released. So more surprises for all you guys.
1: So, so. you guys did this one video, and that's kind of like a single, basically, off of record. Yes. Are you? A lot of records get more than one single, are you going to plan on doing another video for this? Uh, we did three singles, These are the yeah. we did a lyric video, we did a regular single release,
0: and then we have another single release, then we're having the album release, and then we're doing a video which is uh, another song yeah. on the album, and yes, in the future we do have another video lined up, but it's not going to be a performance video, so that's something to look forward to, and we also have some video playthroughs of the band doing different songs on the record. That will be premiered on um, other different formats, but they're yeah. all everything we're doing is going to be premiered on something. So we're really excited. Uh, it's really shitty time, you know. You can't go out and do stuff, so we want to like provide some kind of like distraction at least for a little bit, you know, that you can enjoy. Hopefully, enjoy it and just something different to look at. And I figured, why not better than better time than right now when nobody can really do anything? We can just hopefully provide some kind of entertainment for people to get out of their heads for a sec or maybe reflect on what they might be thinking about. There you go. So that's that's kind of what we're all excited about. So, But now we have our interview. Eric from Deathwish is a really good friend of mine. We, uh, we've we been friends for a long time. We ran into them in 2015. We were on tour. We had a date in Denver, and they were on the same bill, and that's when we first met. We loved their band and just became really good friends after that. And then every time they come into town... We go and check them out They're great Uh, He was in a band called War Torn back then But now he's in Death Wish Death Wish is like a more Of like rock and roll type Punk rock Like meets metal Really crossover style band But they're fucking killer They're really loud Bring your earplugs When you see them But yeah We're gonna have him right now This is uh, Eric Hammers From Death Wish How you doing Eric?
2: Good How you doing?
0: Pretty good Long time It's been for days I know we talked A a weekend ago But um, How you been?
2: Good, good. Yeah, it's been a while since also, since the last time we hung out. I think we were on a tour with DRI. That's, That's right. That's you had a documentary show.
0: That's right. It was good to see you, and you guys killed it as usual. Thanks. So um, we're going to go down your uh, history. We're going down history lane with you. And um, what? When, when did you start playing music, and how old were you, and what drove you to do that?
2: Um. Well, it probably started out in the 80s. Like uh, I was like one of those kids. That was like first a break dancer, when I was probably like I don't know eleven.
0: Hell yeah! And
2: then like <laughs> yeah, like we were super into like old school rap, and like like all the way from like uh, I don't know Run DMC to like all, all, all Grandmaster and like all the founders and stuff. And then like uh, I, we moved on to like uh, I was freestyling on bikes, and then once I got into skateboarding and punk, like. I was skateboarding for a while. I got sponsored like multiple times, and then I got a... Uh, I, uh, I mean, I placed in every one of the competitions and stuff, but after that, it after started slowing down a little bit immediately like I was playing in a band. And I was kind of doing them simultaneously anyways. So mid, mid to late 80s, somewhere around there, was probably when I started out playing in bands.
0: What was your first band that you joined or formed?
2: um performance what the hell was it like i'm not even like all my first bands really didn't play out uh-huh. maybe doghead i don't even remember it was like some band that didn't even have a record or did nothing it was just like probably played at a house party or something awesome the first band that actually played a legitimate show was called the crooks
0: nice now that was that was
2: probably 1991 because i was one of those people that like only took a couple couple lessons and then just played with in bands immediately Rad. So I learned by just being around better musicians, and I mean, I, I wasn't gonna like be able to do much until we got good enough. So leg- legitimate shows to crooks, and then we got a ended up with Seven Inch Steel on Deaf Wisconsin Records. It was a weird thing too, like the first kind of couple of bands I was in or whatever. One of the first shows I ever booked. I mean, they were small, yeah, like indie independent labels, but e- either way, like the first show I ever booked, I think I got like two record deals in the first show I ever booked that I just played. There happened to be like dudes from smaller labels in the crowd. Hell yeah. And it's weird because we live out in the middle of nowhere. And I mean, we're from Norrisville. We're from where Making a murder happened, which is horrible, but it's like Manitowoc County, Green Bay, like area, like, but Green Bay had everything going on. Our area was like a little Nothingsville Make, kind of area.
0: Making a murder. thats that show on Netflix, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like I like yeah. That's 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 like that whole area is more like I grew up on skateboard and stuff. What, what, and then uh
0: what do you think the verdict is on that guy?
2: <laughs>
1: um,
0: innocent or guilty? Well,
2: okay. So I, I would I would kind of say like both ways. Like that guy, to my knowledge, when I was a kid, I was told do not go out there unless you have like two or three adults with you. And everyone kind of thinks they're kind of nutty because they kind of are. (laughs) And then, like, he was also, like, one of my clients basically straight out was in his presence when he said if he wanted to kill a person, get away with it. Now that he was found innocent for the first time, he could. So my thought is if he did do it, he probably just didn't do it where where the documentary said. And if not, I don't know, probably, like, someone else out there did it. And like he's kind of he kinda lied though too, because like if he went out to the car and cut his fucking hand, got in her car and like jump started her car and then she left, as soon as the cops interviewed him, he's like, I never saw her. I never I, I never even talked to her ever. That's and right. like it's like, dude, you're on like phone fucking recordings, Amy kind of talking.
0: Yeah, he was already lying. For sure. Yeah, so
2: he's like lying through his teeth like immediately. So I would think it's like either him or someone else like out there and then he interacted with the person either way but who the fuck knows because if you watch a documentary you can plainly see like almost everybody's lying
0: right i've seen i kind of watch
2: that documentary by just thinking oh it seems like everybody's fucked up in this whole thing <laughs> yeah.
0: so uh, what, you know and what were shows like out there like just out in the boonies in wisconsin
2: uh, on the boonies, they were just like... Uh, it was like old punk rock. It was just kind of a party where it was like skaters and even sometimes... Like, it would be skaters and metalheads and even some rednecks might be there and it'd be a whole hodgepodge of people because nobody was, like, really actually in touch with any sort of scene right. because there you never could be in touch with one because there wasn't one in the 80s. There was not enough people.
0: Right. Well, you guys had... I so see you had the Crucifix Dicruitson. You got a couple of good bands from Wisconsin.
2: N- negative Approach.
0: Yeah, fuck yeah. Killer one right there. Yeah,
2: that, yeah, Dicruitson that was like from Milwaukee, but we also have the Violent Femmes as
0: well. <laughs> yep, I uh, oh, love the Violent Femmes, dude. Gotta love them.
2: Which, that first record is fucking awesome.
0: Absolutely. That's punk rock as far as I'm concerned.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and we're also not far from like Minneapolis. Minneapolis had like... If you're doing a million other fucking replace something other like right. fucking bands.
0: So, uh, when did, but, you, when did you get like, um, like, uh, really into like touring? Which band was that in?
2: Uh, fuck. What band was I when anyway, I first toured? Maybe Standoff? It was like, a kind of a hardcore band where we like, kind of were like Negative Approach. Nice. And, and then like, uh, we did that band, the Crooks. I don't think ever toured, and then like, what the hell did I finally? And then I like, oh, so I did Default. That was like the band that finally got on Beer City. That was on like a reputable label, right? That was actually had distribution and you know what I mean, could do stuff. And I think it was like 1994. They did uh, Beyond Our Means, and Beer City was like a skateboard company and a record label at the same time. And when they put out a record, like. Like the thousand copies that were oh they did a thousand copy or whatever it was sold out within like seventeen days Killed and that was like before the internet and then man. they had to do a repress right away and then sent us our other stuff we went on tour for like a month that was that, that was a pretty good that was a pretty good year and then like that band only lasted like a year but we practiced like six days a week which is
0: kind of insane right
2: <laughs> like looking back on that I was like well at least I was learning how to play my instrument but that's kind of insane. No, so, uh, we moved we moved on from band to band. I was like in the droids, which was a punk band. Kind of at the same time I was in mannerism. And that band was kinda of cool. It had members like from Hellshock Shock and Remains of the Day. And then eventually I went on to do War Torn and Deathwish and it was like a multitude of people in that band.
0: Were you in uh Dresden?
2: Yeah, yeah. I was in that band. That's like uh Warthorn broke up for a while and the guitar player really didn't want to do it at the time. And then he did like a stoner doom metal band called The Parish, okay. which I ended up in later. <laughs> uh, the, like the second or third lineup of that, I ended up playing bass on. But uh, yeah, that was like basically just started it up because I called this dude named Bones. He he was very inspired by the war-torn uh, guinea pig champion like Ryan. Like, he was inspired by his writing stuff, but then it was like more like tragedy-esque, like epic from Ashes rise stuff. And then uh, Rydasmore in War Torn finally got back together, and then we were doing both bands. And then Dresden just split up after we toured with Deviant Instinct. We just never did anything ever again. Mm-hmm. And then War Torn was already back and going. So I think War Torn lasted like fifteen or sixteen years. So
0: yeah, that's where we met you on on the road, and it was like you guys had been around for a while. We remember I've I've seen your name many times. And we were we we booked a show in Denver and that's where we crossed paths and I saw that you guys were playing it. I was like, oh sick, this is gonna be a really good show. And the show was like split in half. It was basically like two shows merged on the same bill. And uh, because we were both on two different tours, but it was really awesome to meet you guys, and you guys fucking blew my mind. I was like, wow, this band's sick. Fucking old school punk, like meets metal, like motorhead type punk. It was really good. And uh that was pretty much, like, which kicked off our friendship, and then I, we just kept in touch all the time since then. It was really sweet.
2: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that, was, uh, that night was awesome. You guys did a gangrene cover. Yeah. If, if I remember yeah. it correctly, and I was fucking stoked to talk about that. Right. And then uh, was it another Wasted Night?
0: That's right, because everybody does alcohol, so we were like, let's do fucking another Wasted Night, because we like to rage, and we don't want to do the song that everybody else has covered, so... We we did that one actually in Boston on that tour and the whole bar fucking went apeshit. It was awesome. They were totally stoked because they were. We said, well, we're gonna do a gangrene cover and everybody kind of rolled their eyes. They're like, oh, what is it, fucking alcohol? <laughs> we kicked in well, Another Waste of Night and the crowd went nuts. It was great.
2: Yes, and I I I was like I was stoked on that because like I love alcohol. It's probably my favorite song, but second favorite song is Another Waste of Night because that was like. I remember they were like. Uh, the Bad Brains is going to be on 120 minutes, whatever, whatever. And I hit record when I was like a kid, and I fell asleep. And I woke up and like went to bed, and I like, watched it the next day. And Bad Brains, and it started out where gangrene, Green, another wasted night, was on first. Mm-hmm. And that that was like, fuck, this shit's rad. So I went out and bought a bunch of gangrene Green stuff.
0: I remember that video. And That's sick.
2: Yes, and so I was just like, although I think the alcohol song is more catchy than they do. The other one was the music video that everybody got to see. Right. You know what I mean? So it was like, kind of the song you were more exposed to, if that makes sense. And you had a video image in your head. Because I was like, fuck, I remember them jumping off the fucking roof of a fucking hotel and clearing how many fucking stories and just barely making it into the fucking pool. (laughs) Fuck I remember thinking, that was like before the internet. So I was like, holy fuck, that dude came pretty close to dying.
0: You know, it's great you say that, because, I mean, being in the punk, you know, in the 90s and the 80s, like, if we had internet back then, there would be so many criminal charges going on. (laughs) We were just nuts. We were crazy. It was insane.
2: Well, there there, there was also, like, back then, like, there were neo-Nazis, like, mass amounts in the Midwest, and the Klansmen would march 10,000 strong.
0: They're here, too. And
2: it's bizarre now, where... Like, I guess we got in so many fights, we all carried weapons, yep. we got the fuck beat out of us by rednecks constantly. People said anything, you knew you even turned and looked, and they next thing four cars were coming back to put you in the fucking hospital. Right. And if you didn't fucking fight, and you didn't fucking do some damage, you were either going to the hospital, or you were just going to get fucked up like so fucking bad, and if you didn't, if you didn't defend yourself and the word didn't get out that you defended yourself, then you were even more of a target. Right. And people hated anybody that was different back then in any sort of way but the thing i think they miss and this is kind of a thing they miss even like in high school is if somebody called you a fucked up name you took the back of your book and smashed him in the face or into a fist fight that's right you guys both threw blood you went back down to the fucking office and you sat there and you didn't tell on each other
0: with you'd each be other. like oh i just right.
2: <laughs> fell and fell on his fucking desk i don't know what happened then his desk fell over and fell on me and, like, it was, like, some dumb story that made no sense. Right. And, like, you knew the school, knew you both were lying. And then, like, some redneck dude, like, a week later, you'd, you'd sit through three detentions, and all of a sudden, you'd see each other in the hall, and you'd both do the head nod. That's
0: right, 100%. And,
2: and then it was, like, it was over with, and half the school found out how much of a bloodbath the fight was, and at least half the school would now leave you alone.
0: That's right. I had a friend in high school. His name was Kevin Zellman. And we got in a scrap in fourth grade, you know, outside of this fucking big old twidget thing we all played on. Totally fucking boxed. Both got, went to the principal and we both sat there and neither one of us ratted. And we became like really good friends after that. How funny. Cause that, you're right. That's the way it was. Yes. And, and then like the
2: outside group or like whatever it was like, Nazis or Clarinson. Then we all fought, everyone fought those fuckers. Everyone hated them. That's right. And they would all team up and everybody turned into a big fucking rumble. I was in riots against those fuckers, like, hitting those fuckers with weapons. And, like, a a bunch of times I just got stomped into the ground and kicked in the fucking head a bunch of times. And, like, fucking the fuck beat out of me. But I did my best. I'm small as well. But it's weird how nowadays people's, like, people are, like, shouting that, like, it's the worst that's ever been. And I'm like... What? What? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, wait a minute. Like... You mean, you mean? I mean, I used to be able to go six pounds over, and if I took like a fucking twenty-foot chain, I could fucking hit twenty Nazis standing in the middle of any road. <laughs> I ha- I haven't actually seen one in like seven years.
0: Likewise, right?
2: And like, but are there morons? Yes. Well, yeah, but a moron's not specifically a Nazi, right? And there there will always be morons, unless unless you can cure stupidity, which you'll never cure stupidity. Like, half the fucking people's IQs are under 100. You're always going to have stupid. So if you're complaining about stupid, yeah, that makes sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's always going to be a problem.
0: So what's what's the story with War Torn? I mean, I, I I know you're in Death Wish, and that's a sick band. We'll get to that. But War Torn started out, like, 15 years? or they, It lasted for 15 years, right, the whole thing?
2: Yeah, like, I, I don't even remember when the fuck it started. It started so fucking long ago. Right. Like, well, 2003, thousand I don't remember when it was. But uh, we just started jamming. Word that burn was, like, kind of at its end. And then I wanted to go to Europe still. So I ended up with jamming with, like, um, uh, Guinea Pig Champion and her and other people. And then slowly but over time, we gained members like Ellen Tolvin and stuff. And then uh, the band started out, like, we were, like, uh, I don't know, we were political, I guess. So I would write, you know what I mean? People fucking I hated politically. And then I would just write about that. Like basically George was junior and senior who I fucking did hate. Right. So, and I still do today. I don't fucking like either of those two idiots.
0: Absolutely. So, <laughs> we,
2: I, I wrote like the Father, Son of the Holy War. And it was basically about what was going on at the time period. Right. Then like we we went from there and like we did a couple of records. We just split with Pyroclast, And I ended up playing bass in that band for like a year, which was a lot of fun. And then uh, eventually we signed to Southern Lord. And then we did more and more touring. And I think we were ready on Southern Lord when I met
0: you. That's right. I'm sick.
2: And, and Southern Lord fucking took care of us. They were all great. Greg was great. It was fucking awesome. So that was a really good experience.
0: Yeah, and, you, uh, you guys were fun.
2: Yeah, thanks, dude. Yeah, the last thing we did was uh, the tour with DRI. And I think it was like the golf post tour or whatever. And then that was the last tour we ever did and and we, we we at one time had like oh we had Derek from uh Derek the guitar player Macabre was also in the band he's on the iconic side there nice so and they they got signed to prosthetic which i'm very proud I'll I put over Macabre and on um, prosthetic records cuz they're fucking rad and good
0: friends that's right Macabre rules and so basically
2: yes yeah, so that was like that was all going on and then uh people moved away and the band, like, started doing less and less and less toward the end after our, like, final LP. And then I was just like, I kind of was like, I want to do Death for probably, like, a year before it ever started. I was trying to find the right lineup. I I thought I had the right lineup, and then the people didn't want to do it. Then I was like, okay. And all of a sudden, like, I think Sam, the drummer, tried out for The Paris, the song Doom Metal Band that Ryan started. And he was just like, well, I don't, I don't really want to play do metal. I'm just not, I'm not like stoner do metal. I'm not really, I mean, like that type of player. But this shit's amazing musically. And so then, uh, he actually said to me, hey, if you ever had any side projects, because we barely knew each other, let me know. And he's a fucking awesome drummer. Like, Hart and Sam are like the two drummers that I've always worked with that are fucking just top-notch musicians.
0: How's Hart doing?
2: And, uh, I would say Nick from Pyroclass is also a fucking oh, fuck amazing it. drummer.
0: Yeah, fuck that band rules. And,
2: yeah, so it's like uh so it's like okay, so I was like, "You know what? I actually want to do this motorhead type thing." And he's like, "Well, if you do it, yeah, let me know." And then I talked to Ryan. I was like, "GPC, dude, do you want to which uh do you want to do like a, a motorhead style band?" And he's like, "Well, what do you mean exactly?" And I'm like, "Well, more like an NFsy." But and that's like the I saw them tour on one of their bands before they broke up and got banned from America or whatever. And I thought an Nefcy fucking killed it. And I was just Fuck like, yeah. I kind of want to do an Epsi style band, but I, I don't want any politics in this band at all. Right. I just want to talk about fucking anger, raging, having fun, shit that fucking you have to deal with as a person, and just like, just be out there about shit that fucking rage about in your head. Right. And or experiences you fucking had. And so, like, I, I was sick of debating with people as well. You get off stage, and like, somebody's always like, Oh, I didn't like one word that you said. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then, like, and then, like, half of the shit is based on my personal experience in War Torn. Like, I would say 90% of it is personal experience or historical events. And then people would be like, still annoyed. And you're like, Dude, what the fuck is there to be annoyed about? Like, just so then you have a different opinion on the same fucking topic. Okay. We're all on the same side. Chill out. And then like, it, it was that it was like constantly, and then Deathwish started, and I was like, um, we did uh well, we did a seven inch uh, six bullet roulette, and then we did it on LP as Out for Blood on Beer City Records, and we got signed almost immediately. Like Beer City, Mike's like, hey, aren't you in a new band? <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, and I was buying stuff from his distribution company. Um and like from my distro and he's like well what is it let me check it out And he like clicked on it and he's like this is fucking badass and not long after that uh, like we got signed to a four record deal three record deal maybe it's three record deal but we get we completed the whole fucking contract and we were done with that and then uh i can't say i can't say what this is but i'll say what happened because i can't say what it is okay so then we got signed to a really fucking giant label <laughs> And, like, nobody knows about this yet, (laughs) and so that's why I'm not going to say what it is. Yes. Then some stuff happened where that didn't work out, and then we got signed to another
0: giant label. Sick.
2: And so we're writing another record. Fuck yeah. And we're in the process of, like, another full length. And then after the COVID-19 shit, eventually, fucking, we'll eventually go under a 3% infection rate or whatever the fuck it needs to do, or 1% that mortality rate or whatever the fuck the science needs to do for life to go back to pretty much total. Um, that, that's when we'll first start actually playing and promoting. Until then, we're, we're almost done.
0: Fuck yeah, I can't wait to hear that shit. It's going to be awesome. So you guys in Death Wish, you guys toured a lot with DRI, right? And who else did you tour with?
2: Uh, fuck. Who the hell did we all tour with? Um, We toured with Raw Power.
0: Fuck, yeah. <laughs> Italian.
2: Yeah, we toured millions of the cops. Who the fuck did we all tour with? Uh, Krang? Fuck, this is, this is tough. There's been so many bands.
0: Right. Just pick the I biggest
2: can, ones. I, I cannot think of all of them, so I apologize to any band I left out. But I'm pretty sure we toured with probably like about ten different fucking bands. Oh, Los Dolores in Europe. Nice. That was a ba- band from Spain, but I think they're most of them are from South America. Well that yeah, yeah, that pretty uh That's who Wartorn toured with, that was the question, right? That's right. <laughs> well,
0: I said Death Wish, but I mean to me it's pretty much you and whatever you're working with. I mean you're the front man for both bands. So it doesn't really matter.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm getting confused. Okay, so then I'll go through the Death Wish. That'll, that'll be easier probably for me. Yeah. I mean, we did a power, NDC. Did we tour anything? No, that might have been Dresden. I don't even remember. Who the fuck else did we tour with? I don't remember.
0: Tons. <laughs> you did a lot of touring. I mean, even <laughs> in the time I've known you, you guys have like pretty much nonstop just road hard and killing it. And that's really cool know, we were. Go ahead.
2: So yeah, we were pretty much like, like ninety percent of all the tours that got thrown at us, we'd be like yes, before we even heard the details. And, and, and we had multiple lineups, so like I, I, don't know, we might have done thirty countries already. And we'll we'll just keep going after our next shit's out. We'll be on a bunch more tours and keep doing more shit.
0: So you um, you got signed to a skateboard company, right? You got a, your own deck from was it Brand X?
2: Yeah, yeah, Brand X, yeah. That's
0: really cool. How'd you get that?
2: Uh, well, yeah, like, so I started I started doing endorsements as, like, a musician. And um, I also have tons of skateboarding photos and all sorts of stuff. So I was just doing Instagram, Facebook, all sorts of the social media stuff. And it came up where I saw, like, Toxic Brand X. And I was like, oh, Toxic fucking wheels and Toxic, like, Toxic. I remember them. Brand X, I like my second skateboard was a uh, Dogma Three, and it got ran over by a bus to fucking long way. <laughs> so, the going trucks were like waffled through the board. Damn. And uh, I always loved Brand X though, because I remember like you see Vision, Paul Peralta, Brand X, and a couple other like known companies always in that black and white ad that was in Thrasher. Right. And it was all the stuff. So I was like, I wrote the dude, and I was just, like hey, dude, I've been skating forever. You want to do a Legends deck? And he started checking on all the most shit. We started talking, and eventually I did, like, a, the Motor Shred deck, which is Eric Camera's Motor Shred deck. So it's kind of, like, a morph between me and things I'm inspired by. Lemmy. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, but uh, it's, like, also, the the picture thing is me. And it's kind of me giving a nod and just saying, this is what I'm inspired by. Fuck yeah.
0: So do you still skate at all?
2: And it's also a mashup.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are you still skating? It's like or a mashup. Because
2: I, I, I don't want to be sued intense. I got gotcha. you. Um, uh but but it is a mashup. It's also like uh what was uh if it's I don't remember how it's 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 said. If it, it was like a like a thing where if it was done in a satirical way And it's completely different original art and it's a joke. You know what I mean? And I made sure I covered I checkboxed everything (laughs) to make to make sure it went far enough that it was like it was done in a very respectful way I felt, but it was a mashup board and it was I'm fucking stoked as fuck about it. Shit turned out awesome. Board fucking skates awesome. I can still still skate it, still love it a lot. But as far as still skating, yeah, I still skate. I'm fucking almost fifty years old though, so I'm pretty beat up. But I'm still doing. The, I'm still doing it. Yeah.
0: Do you do street or vert or pool?
2: I I do street because like I skated vert when I was young, but we didn't live anywhere where they had vert ramps. Okay. Like I could skate vert and I could catch air on it and do all sorts of shit on it, inverts, whatever, the fuck. But we didn't have opportunities very often to do that. Right. So we really built up like our skills on street. And the other dude, one of the one of the dudes I skated with, a couple of them got on a. A skateboard company, and like one of them, I know my friend Troy got his own skateboard deck out back in like late '80s, early '90s or something. And then my deck just came out, and I just, I just tried to talk to the company. I was like, you know, whether I'm skating or I'm on tour or I'm playing or I'm doing eight million other things, I, I, I can sell the deck in, in so many different markets, anyways. Right. And and, and I'm and I'm a lifetime skater who was also multiply sponsored. I, I never actually didn't place for a tournament. So but at this age am I gonna go take on a bunch of fucking eighteen year olds with skateboarding are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like totally. Fuck my body's all, all beat the fuck from all the shit that I done.
0: Stage diving, like headwalking, skating, beefing on the ramps on the floor. That's the thing with street skating, man. That really got me. I was the concrete just is unforgivable and uh i've had some I, i'm every I, this morning i woke up and my ankles were just popping left and right just crack snaple snap crackle pop every morning i'm like ouch
2: <laughs> oh for sure and we did like we did some of the dumbest shit like in the <laughs> 80s i remember i had a little jacket on fucking doc martens and my jeans all my shit It's winter right and i'm doing like a, a railing down like 12 stairs and landing it Oof. and i'm thinking like yeah that's a good way to fucking die
0: right
2: like, like none, none of the shit we were doing here in the middle of winter made any sense at all. No. We would skate all year round and then just have to skate in the garage or wherever the fuck we could skate because there weren't no skate parks. They just tried to arrest you back then. Right. This gave you endless amount of fines.
0: Isn't that crazy when you got, in like, in around the late 90s when skate parks started popping up everywhere? You know, before then, it was, like, literally a crime. You're going to get arrested yeah. or fined.
2: Yeah, even in the town hall from there, like, hey, uh... Some of the meeting. we're going to have a meeting about the skateboard park or whatever. Like, this was back in the mid-'80s. We all showed up, and they're like, oh, well, we're thinking about it. We'll get back to you. Then they had a second meeting where we had, like, 300 kids there or some shit. We went in, like, this some town hall building. We went up all these flights of stairs, and uh, they opened the door, and it's like all these dudes in suits and stuff. And they're like, what the hell are you doing here? And they're all mad. And I was like, to get a skateboard park, dude. I, I mean, I'm a teenager still with a mohawk, like, black one mohawk, dressed in spikes and shit, looking totally ridiculous to these dudes. <laughs> and uh, he's just like, yeah, you can't be in here. You guys are just a bunch of criminals. We don't like any of you anyways. You need wow. to all get out of here. We're not building any parks. Wow. And I turned around, at, as the was saying this, I turned my back and I pointed over my head and went, fuck this guy, let's go shut down A Street. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and, like, we all, like, did, like, uh... Uh, where we used to fucking block up the road, basically we fucked up traffic and uh, basically fucking just crowded the city really bad. Then the cops all came, and a bunch of us got fined. and we all took off. Everybody took off running and every every critical mass—that's what they call it. Everybody started running in 18 million directions. It's awesome. But but I remember doing that. There was like there's also like one other time when I was in a riot. So this is kind of funny. and I'll bring it up to what's going on now. Somebody asked me, they're like. What do you think of all this? They were serious, and they are like, what do you think of all this protesting? And I go, hey, man, I can't say much about it because I've only rioted. Right. (laughs) And and the look on their face was priceless because I'm like, what do you want me to say, dude? You know what I mean? You're
0: just being honest.
2: Yeah, I was young. I didn't give a shit, and I didn't like how I was treated, and if people feel that way, this is going to happen.
0: I don't ever remember protesting when we were kids. I just remember, like, just like you said, there would just be fights, or I remember all my friends were breaking windows downtown on the main streets. I mean, it was just nuts. It's a, That's all I've ever known is chaos. Like, we didn't have these organized protests. It just never happened. Or at least the people I hung out with didn't. We were all just drunk and high and yeah, fucked up. N- n-
2: yeah, nothing that we did was any organized anything. It was like the guy in the fucking suit just called me a fucking name, and I turned around said fuck this guy fuck him right let's go fucking do some stupid shit and then we would all just do stupid shit that's kind of usually all it turned out or like i said like shows like fuck 25 years ago all of a sudden you got like a fucking 80 nazi show up the entire old school scene fucking shows up yep. and next thing you know you have a rumble down an entire alley i'm getting my head fucking stomped on the cops come. <laughs> start clubbing the fuck out of everyone like we're in a riot we're like we, we, nothing, this is not planned. This
0: is shit that happened. And, like,
2: you
0: just did your fucking best. Yeah, it's, I was talking to some kids recently, and I was like, we used to actually, like, box Nazis, like, on the, you know, in the streets of San Francisco at shows in the 80s. Like, I, I don't see them anywhere now, and I hear that they're everywhere, and I'm like, wow, I don't see them. <laughs> okay, or at least they're hiding, or they're under, like, some kind of disguise, because when you saw 30 skinheads walking down the street, coming to a show, you knew shit was going to go down. Every time.
2: Right. I mean, I think it's just like uh Yeah, I just... I just, Like, it's a cultural war. Shit's going on and what's going on. It is what it is. Like, uh... It's just a different time period. Cause I guess, like... Nazis said they were Nazis. I and mean, then if you didn't like that, they don't give a fuck. Right. I mean, I had a fucking off-duty Klan cop put a fucking... 44 to my face and say, do you think this is funny, Kike? Right. And, like, so, like, yeah, like, that shit, then that's, like, 20 years ago. That shit was not Billy fucking around. Like, you almost got your fucking head blown off.
0: Right.
2: Like, you almost got killed by these people. These people were out for blood. They were, like, not fucking around whatsoever. And then, like, our response was we're going to be just as fucking out of fucking control of them because we're not going to put up with any of their shit and fuck them anyway. They all suck. Right. Fire we fire. hate all of them.
0: Fire with fire. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, so, like, I don't know. Whatever's going on now is whatever's going on now, but I'm just, like, I, I also don't find, uh, I, I don't find, um, I guess the argument now is, like, racist versus people of color is the argument, and I don't think people of color are capable. So... I think anybody's capable of anything they want to fucking do. So, therefore, I'm not involved in all the new stuff. I'm old. We fought our battles. We fucking sent the Nazis back as many times as we can. We fucking hate Nazis. I will hate Nazis till the day I die. And I guess anybody else, whatever their stance is, that's their stance.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, the lines are blurred now for me. I, I you know, you, you think one thing and you're automatically put in a category. I'm like, that isn't. That's not right. That doesn't make any sense. you know. And I'm not going to get political or anything on this because I don't want to. But it just seems like you, you, it's such a slippery slope nowadays that you can't say this, you can't say that. So I just I just step, took a step out of the arena. I was like, I don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> it just seems like it's pointless. It's like pissing in the wind at this point. Because nobody's, yeah, nobody's think, uh, well, nobody's really out to learn anything. All everybody wants to do is just speak, and they just want to project. They don't want to take anything in and have to like think about it. They'd rather just react. So I'm on both sides. So I'm just like, I'm gonna take a step out of this.
2: Yeah, I guess I'm just like, uh, I'm just like, well, I've always talked the Nazis and to the Klan. So whatever's going on now, people will figure it out.
0: Right. That's that's
2: why I'm playing in a band that. Writes about shit that I'm pissed I'm pissed off about.
0: And it's a very good band too. How many albums does Death Wish have?
2: Um, well we have the uh seven inch first LP, second LP, and then like a, a repress of both the LPs because they were gone of uh, six hundred and sixty
0: six copies that were like six press as well. Six copies. So, yes. That's rad. Is yeah. that is, is that Beer City they did that? Yeah, yeah. That's fucking badass. That's that's I
2: one hell of a drug is like a double LP. Was that what, was
0: that your idea to have 666 pressed? Yes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I asked. <if> that's... <laughs> that's awesome.
0: <laughs> fucking killer. So, okay, after COVID, what are your guys' plans? Because I know that could be pretty much from tomorrow to five years from now. You never know. But anyways.
2: Um, well, eventually we're going to tour with Psychosomatic because they're fucking awesome. Woo!
0: Hell yeah, definitely.
2: Rumor has it.
0: (laughs) Fuck yeah.
2: And I kind of wanted to tour with you ever since I fucking seen. Likewise. I was like, fuck, you guys are like fucking Slayer on 11. (laughs) Like, and and it's like, cross with like the punk and the thrash and like other things that I grew up on liking all of it. And so, like, we want to tour with you guys. But then we're still going to tour... We had two tours scheduled, that I'm pretty sure... I mean, I haven't talked to Spike to find out what's going on, but I assume COVID-19 will probably end up canceling those right. since it canceled everything else, including my job for a like couple of months. Fuck. Um, but we'll do more touring with DRI, and then tour with you guys, and then also, to my knowledge, since I can't really talk about it, uh, the label will also put us on tours. Nice the label i can't talk about yet
0: it's totally fine i'm gonna grill you after we get off the air (laughs) be like what the hell's going on but that's great i mean you know it's always good i'd love to see people succeed in what they're doing and get to a broader audience because you know honestly to tell you the truth there's no more rock stars anymore you know if you can get signed on a really decent label that has some money it's a fucking blessing because uh you could thank uh, social media and online, the internet, for taking away all the rock stars. That stuff just doesn't happen anymore. But it's really cool to, for a band like you guys to get some serious support.
2: You know, like, the biggest thing, like, I always wanted to do some kind of, like, really, really rad recording. Like, some fucking badass art. Like, I guess I also think about this. And it's just my fucking opinion. Anybody can make a record that sounds like fucking they recorded it in their basement. Anyone can do that. And with, like, a lot of recording shit, people can get a pretty good fucking recording from their home if they want to. But, like, I want an awesome fucking recording that's almost, like, untouchable because I've already done, like, all the other styles of recording. Right. And, and when people kind of come up with this, kind of happens a lot. Coming from the punk scene, people are like, oh, this is too produced, let's just do that, let's do that. As long as it sounds within the style and it's done fucking really awesome, that is kind of what I'm looking for. Because I'm like, well, anybody can make it sound like they took a boombox and dial in their amp wrong and make it sound like shit. Who the fuck can't do that? Right. Anyone can do that. That's not really that clever considering in this time period you have access to everything.
0: Right.
2: I I don't see how that's rebellious anymore. Maybe when we were young it was, but I just don't see how it is anymore. It's actually harder to get... Signed on a really fucking label, it's harder to do all the stuff on a level because you have access to everything now. So I I, I kind of want to do something a little bit different because I want to experience it before I'm dead. Right. And I don't think that's an unfair thought.
0: There's nothing wrong or lame about being professional, you know, it's because it's, all of our idols did it. You know, I mean, the good ones did anyways, and they got to sustain their art through that. Otherwise, you're going to be broke and you're well, going to have to take a day job.
2: <laughs> right. I mean, I don't, I don't know business, so I'm doing well, but it's, it's just the whole thing's like just fucking weird to me. When they're like, oh, this band sold out. And my brain is like, dude, I like Judas Priest. I like fucking Black Sabbath. Right. I like Motorhead. I like all sorts of bands. I like Flare. I like, what are we talking about? This right. band sold out. Because they played like punk shows originally, then they sold out. But like, dude, like you listen to metal bands on giant fucking labels. You don't just listen to bands that sound like they recorded in like somebody's basement on a boombox. You don't listen to that only. Right. So if a band like changes at all, so right out the gate, I just made sure Deathwish was doing what exactly I wanted to do right from the get go and since like you can kinda hear the style and sound of whatever the fuck we're doing. Like, I didn't want to deal with any of that shit. And that's also why I'm also willing to play any size fucking tour. Because Deathwish did do DIY tours. And then we did really fucking huge pet tour packages. And I'm not going to turn down any of it. Right. I don't know why you would. It's an opportunity.
0: Exactly. And you guys are, you guys can pretty much do anything you want. You set the band up the way that the music, the style is pretty broad. It's not just pigeonholed into one style. And it's, really accessible I don't see why you wouldn't want a bigger audience
2: yeah I mean we played punk rock shows and punk rock kids are like fuck yeah and they're like, fucking going nuts and then also we play straight up metal shows and like uh, Kevin our guitar player is fucking just a shredder on leads so he fucking goes nuts with all the fucking crazy crazy fucking awesome leads uh, GPC writes uh, like a big majority of like the Deathwish music he's the, like the master General I work with him on organizing shit, write the vocals and stuff, and Sam's a fucking great drummer, who puts in all the fucking right parts. So, we're not we're not limited. That's like one of the nice things, and I'm not going to be limited by like outside people deciding on how our band should be when they aren't in our band. Right. That's 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 also weird. I don't know what the fuck the deal is with that, but if you're bothered by like something about a band, just don't listen to them. (laughs)
0: <laughs> fuck limits man limits suck limits only limit you limit the listener there's no point in it I, 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 I hate limits I'm like just do whatever you want to do and have fun while you're doing it like I said I mean it's not like you guys are going to be cruising around in limousines you know it's like that's just those days are done you know and uh, if, if you do get a large chunk of change hey fucking all the power to it it's not like you haven't earned it through all the years of suffering you've gone through you know, you guys have been touring for a long time. I mean, with both bands, I mean War torn and yeah, and like for, forever in a day, right? Yeah,
2: forever in a day. And like we've done 18 million tours and we do them all. We just do all of it with like all the stuff, like legendary old punk bands, legendary old metal bands, like thrash bands, like even some like sort of quasi crust bands. Like, like it's whatever the fuck it is that if I like the band, I'm not going to not to do that tour.
0: Yeah, likewise and i think what the model you're doing right now is pretty much like that's the premier stage of what you could do right now with music on a professional scale because you know you're you're rising above just the whole DIY thing but you're also not like Mariah Carey <laughs> or you know like Britney Spears or Korn or whatever it's still fucking cool it's still pissed it's still fast and that's another thing when you're we're talking about selling out you know, if you're writing the same kind of music and you're making more money, there's nothing wrong with that. It's when a band changes their style to match what's popular. That's what I consider selling out. And you guys have always had your sound.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm too old to, to know what's either hip anyways. anywhere. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't even know what's popular. I, and I'm, like, not really concerned about any of that. We're just going to, like, do what we want to do. And if it works out, well, then it works out. And it, so far, it has. So Totally. And I, I was like genuinely inspired. And, like I saw Motorhead like at least three times before Lemmy passed away, and then I like I said I saw Nephew. I've actually heard it, like Midnight does like like kind of a similar style, but like I've never seen that band.
0: Midnight, they I kind of heard more. Yeah, 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 they're, they're great. They would be great. I more you guys. heard
2: about them after we were already going, and I was just like, oh, that band's fucking awesome once I heard it.
0: Yeah, they're great. I saw them with. Uh with okay. obituary in their last tour and they fucking blew the house off it was awesome yeah totally evil badass metal it's uh it's got a little punk vibe to it though but it's sick as fuck but okay i I want to ask you one more question uh what's the craziest sure. thing what's the craziest thing you've ever seen on tour off the top of your head oh fuck off
2: the top of my head I'm trying to think um craziest thing I've ever seen on a tour
0: or just a wild thing doesn't have to be the craziest but
2: yeah, I'm trying to well, see this right
0: off the top of my what's, head. I'm trying
2: to think. Uh,
0: what's the matter with you, Mike? Not
1: to sneeze. I'm trying not to. You
0: just sneeze. No, man. I'm
2: trying to the, <laughs> the integrity of the recording,
0: man. He's, he's all holding back to okay. sneeze his face and turning red. Okay, go ahead, Biddy.
2: Oh, okay, I'll get I'll get the stre- The most stressful thing that ever happened to me on tour. Okay. Okay, so we're on tour. I'm not, I don't remember what country we were coming from, but uh, our driver is uh, Dutch. So he's from the Netherlands. Our roadie's Dutch, and she's from the Netherlands. That was Dennis. And then, uh... So, Shelly was our roadie. And we start to drive into Slovakia. And as we drive into Slovakia, we go, to the, we go up to the the fucking border patrol where all the people are and shit. We hand over all our passports and everything. We're like, okay, cool. So, they give it back to us, and as soon as we get across the border, cops from, come from everywhere. Oh, no. And, uh... Hurt us and like immediately hurt us to the side, and it was like, "Get out of the van! Get out of the van!" And like, we're just like, "Yeah, what the fuck is going on?" And basically, I think their thoughts were uh four Americans and two Dutch people. The Netherlands are full of drugs; they're probably full of drugs. Oh no! Is probably their thoughts. But in America, it's amazing how pissed off everyone is because I'm like, right, but because of the Constitution, the little cops don't follow this shit. Like, they can't legally, legally just pull you the fuck over for nothing. But in those countries, there's no constitution. They legally pull you over for nothing. Because we get pulled over in Poland as well, where they're just like coming around the corner, just like, pull over. Wow. <laughs> and they rip everything apart, and you just have to comply because you have the rights. And so I was just like, we pull over, I get out, and I take medication because uh, I have a mild form of Tourette symptoms. So I take medication. So I have some in my jacket. In my little medical bottle and then i have some in my backpack and and i've been straight at it since like the late 80s so i don't drink smoker's trucks nice but i do i do have to take a medication because of a disorder and uh so they're just like looking through my shit and all of a sudden they're like this is drugs <laughs> and i'm like jesus christ okay so now the straightest guy's gonna go to prison for drugs this is so ironic <laughs> and i'm like uh no that's medication i actually have I have a prescription in my backpack and stuff and the backpack's in the, in the back. So we go around the back, the driver opens it up, we're digging through it, I hand it to him and it's got the bottle with my prescription on it. And he's like, yes, it's drugs, you must have paperwork. And he's like Googling stuff and I'm like, dude, I must have paperwork, it's on there, right there. And he's like, you Dr. Dr. Lyons? I'm like, no, I'm Eric, dude. Like, Jesus Christ. I'm not my doctor this is the doctor's name, this is the prescription number and all the other stuff. This is all legal. And he's like, no, no, this is drugs. <laughs> oh, my like God. Me- medication. And he's like, where's the paperwork? I'm like, in America, you have to turn in the paper to get the medication, and the prescription is right here. It's the label is the prescription. That's a legal documented prescription. And the guy's just like, no, no, paperwork. And I'm just like, what? And, and so in my brain, I'm, so. if anybody's going to tour a year, just so you know, and you take any sort of medication, get printed out paperwork. Right. So you can show like people at the borders. Officially. Because they some countries and some other countries stopped us with the same shit. And and like I'll go I'll go to that And like to make a long story longer, I'll tell you about that in a second. So I'm going back and forth with this guy and he goes, uh, this for anxiety. I was like, dude, you're giving me anxiety <laughs>
1: Totally. <laughs> oh, and I
2: God. look at our driver, I'm like, what is going on? And I didn't know if they were looking for a bribe because I've been in countries where you have to like literally bribe the cops and to pay them off to go the fuck, fuck away. I know. It's so just... I didn't I didn't know what the fuck we were gonna have to do and I just debated with the guy over and over again. Finally the guy goes, See this face? You don't know this face. And I'm like, I don't know your face? <laughs> you you... <laughs> And I'm like this guy looks like, like a bad guy in a Deadpool movie. Okay, <laughs> so I was just like, and all the all the ones that were there kind of looked like all similar. So I was just like, I look at the driver. I'm like, I don't know his face. You know his face. What the fuck does not knowing his face mean? Are we confusing like language barriers? What's going on? And he's like, I don't know. You don't know his face. I don't know his face. We don't know his face. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I look back at the guy. I go. I don't know your face. He goes, you don't know my face, and now he's yelling in a heavy Slovakian accent on how I don't know his face while pointing at his face,
0: oh fucking my face. God.
2: And I'm just like kind of shitting myself. I go, oh, you're saying if I get stopped at the next border, this never happened if you let me go, and I don't know your face. Yes, I go. <laughs> Guess what, buddy? <laughs> I go. It's both of ours lucky day. I don't know your face.
0: <laughs> That's fucking great, dude. Oh, my God. Yes. And I was like,
2: the difference between going to prison and not going to prison in some fucking country, I don't know jack shit about the laws. I do not know your face. So get me the fuck out of here. So he stuffed all my shit back in my bag. He goes, get out of here now. And you, you don't know my face.
0: That's Oh, my God. I would have been dying. That's fucking terrifying and hilarious.
2: Yes. And we got out of there, and this is what we did do, and it worked, and it was fucking the dumbest thing I ever heard. Okay, so I got on the phone. It was a Sunday, so everything fucking closed. And I finally, I can't say exactly where, but I called a place that does my prescriptions. and the person remembered me because I look like a punk rocker or whatever. And so they're like, oh, I totally know who you are from coming in here. And I'm like, right, I need a printout of the prescription, but there's no way to get it. And, the, and it's Sunday. And I can get, like, put in fucking like, prison, apparently, which I didn't know about this. Even though I have the prescription, they're not accepting it. Because it's not how they are used to seeing these things in their country. And he goes, oh, and he actually... I will never say who did this because I love them for helping me. But they took a picture, texted it to me. We went to a dude's house that we stayed at. We printed it out on a machine. I fucking cut it out. It's like on this bluish paper. Dude, this shit would not pass in America for anything legitimate whatsoever. And at a different border, I shit you not to like, where's the paper? (laughs) I pulled it out. Fraudulent. And I'm like thinking in my head like, how the fuck is this going to work? This is like a photo of a computer screen printed onto some fucking blue paper that I got out. This looks so not legitimate. It's ridiculous. But I already have the real prescription, but none of these countries seem to give a shit about that because they're not used to ever seeing it, I guess. And so I handed it. (laughs) I look at it and go, okay, no problem. (laughs) In a different country, and handed it right back to me. Fuck it, later. So was
0: like, Get the fuck out of there! Right,
2: I was like, well, so in a different country, somehow it was the most legitimate thing because it was on paper. But yeah, that was a that was a scary one because I thought I was I thought I was going to prison there for a while for not doing anything wrong, but you, that that can happen in a foreign country real easy.
0: God, as long as it's not a Turkish prison, Oof.
2: brutal. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to be in any prison in some other country. Cause you know, yeah, I don't I want to be in prison anywhere. Yeah, Cause just, you don't know what the fuck is going on.
0: And you're an American of all. Let's, you know, you're fucked. So you're
2: Here, here's, here's a short, let me do a short one. Ahead. That's a, that's about a drummer. That's kind of funny because I totally went to the other side. Okay. So when we flew on one of the tours, um, we had a layover in Italy and in Milan and then Milan airport. And we were there for a little bit. Um, Somehow, two people got in a fist fight with each other on the plane. So our drummer offered to change places. So as he got off the plane, they gave him a bottle of wine for being so nice and like changing places. And as we got back on our other flight, they took the bottle of wine back away because you can't have that much liquid on the plane. So it's like, why would an airport give somebody something that they can't take when you can see they're obviously just going between flights? So it's like, here, you can have this, but not really. And I, I didn't get that at all. So we tour for like a month. We come back from Europe, and we're going and they're asking like, how many, how many uh, countries were you in? And there was a couple different people there, and I'm just like, fuck this! Like, we did. All, I, I was just like, X amount of countries, whatever. Okay, go. And they finally get up to it. And there's, there's like a an old dude that's about to retire, and and a younger female. And I'm thinking the younger female. Probably gets a lot of Bucky dumbasses trying to challenge her on authority. Right. I'm not. I'm not going to her. You know what I mean? Because she probably has to put up with dumb assholes all day. I'm going to go to the old guy that probably doesn't give a fuck, and he's got like ten minutes, and he's going to be out of the job anyway. So we did a bunch here. And so I go to him, and then I did the same thing when he comes to the guard for the last thing to get get into the country, to get back in America. <laughs> and the guy goes what band? Looking totally annoyed at first, and I'm like, oh, maybe I did make a bad choice here. And I go, <laughs> or he goes, no, 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 He goes, what's the name? I go, I'm Eric. <laughs> and he goes, what's your band name? You're carrying a guitar, son. <laughs> and I was like, oh, War Torn." And he goes, go through. And keep in mind, I had like probably a couple thousand dollars worth of rare records that i got from all these different countries from all these crazy like records and stuff like and my bag is emptied and all my clothes are in my backpack so literally i have like a record store in my fucking bag. awesome and so but it's all one of each so it could be for me it could be for reese it could be for anything but it's all records that i fucking love so i'll soak to fuck so i walk through <laughs> and the drummer gets caught and seriously, they're like, how many countries do you go? And he says, X amount of countries. They're like, and the like young lady's like, why are you lying? I can hear the kind of the yelling back and forth. And I'm like, oh, of course. <laughs> and he's like, why would I lie to how many countries I went to? Like, I, I just went there. I don't know. I was there a month. I literally counted again on my hands. I think it's just a lot of countries. And they're like, it's not. It's one more. Why are you lying? And he's like, how is it one more? And he like, starts rapping around the countries." And they're like, you were in Italy. He goes, what the fuck was you in Italy? And it's like, and like a month earlier, it's hard to remember that you had a layover that you were there for like five fucking seconds oh, and just walked onto another plane. That's, That's how, And he's like, wait, oh, the layover? Does that count? That's where I got the wine handed to me and then they took it back like 30 seconds later. He's like, that counts? Does that count as being in that country? Jeez. <laughs> and they made, dude, they held it for like an hour and yelled at him about all this shit. About how, and I'm like, at the time, I'm thinking, how the fuck are they going to deport you from your own country? <laughs> like, what exactly do they do? Oh <laughs> like, what exactly are they going to do with you?
0: Oh, man. Build a wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, build a wall and toss you outside it. Dude, what the hell, <laughs> man? It's so crazy customs, man. I just, I got, yeah, there's some crazy stories with customs. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, real quick. Who's your favorite uh, pro wrestler?
2: Who's my favorite pro wrestler of all time?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, probably Stone Cold Steve Austin.
0: Yes. And then Stone Cold. The Stunner. other one
2: I would pick. You yeah, know, well, I I just like that he came in. It took him a while for anyone to catch on to how good he was, and ECW is where he finally shined. That's right. Where he finally got to be himself, and not have the companies control him. And then he was, like, superstar Steve Austin. Right. And then he did these amazing promos with, like, we had a bad wig, and he was, like, making fun of Eric Bischoff because he fired him over the phone. Then he had Bongo instead of Mongo McMichael and all this other shit. He did Monday Night Quill. Mm-hmm. He just railed on all this shit and just talked shit about everything. And he just got to do whatever he wanted to do, and it was really over. But I remember seeing him as the ringmaster, and I was like, this dude is fucking awesome at working. I'd be willing to bet he would get huge if they just push him right and use him right. And then when Jake put him over at the King of the Ring, and there was all, like, they wrestled on the Bible Belt, and there was all these, like, John 316 or some signs in the fucking crowd. He just goes, you can have your songs, and you can have your John 316 or whatever it was, but Austin 316, and I just whipped your ass. And I was like, (laughs) that's gold. He just made it up on the spot. I was like, that will probably be a shirt, and sure shit, the next night awesome 360 times that. were everywhere and i was like
0: fuck <laughs> yeah i was a big rowdy rowdy piper fan because he was like the total villain and everybody hated him and i, I thought he was just my f- i don't know why i just cling to that guy i thought he was hilarious because he would talk so much shit and then once he was going to get punched he would just run <laughs>
2: yes I, I also the thing i liked about piper is he could talk better than almost anyone else and he was in They Live, which is one of my favorite movies.
0: Absolutely. 100%.
2: And he was he was one of the best, but I kind of think Hulk Hogan was the reason wrestling got huge. Oh,
0: yeah. Being in the absolutely. Rocky
2: movie and being in the cross promotion. Because Roddy always made the argument, who are they paying? Are they paying to see Hulk Hogan? Are do they pay to see Hulk Hogan beat a Brian Piper? Right. And the reality is, is after he wasn't beating a Piper, but was Piper just as good? Yes. And uh-huh. Piper was awesome in the chain Masters against uh Valentine, who's probably one of my top ten workers. In his heyday, um, but the thing about I mean, minus I disagree with obviously Hulk Hogan's racist racism <laughs> yeah. or racist comments or dumb shit that he said. I never actually thought, but whatever that dumb shit came out of his mouth. Right. Obviously, I totally disagree with that. On the other hand, as a performer, like I can disagree with Terry bolea and still like Hulk Hogan. Um, the the Hulk Hogan character was so over with me when I was a kid. And when he body-slammed of the Giant, I think WrestleMania three, like, that was the biggest fucking audience, indoor audience I ever. Did.
0: That's right. I remember watching and, that. Right. So people can, like, say,
2: oh, he doesn't know, uh, like, a wrist lock from a wrist watch, and they say all this other shit. And I kind of make this argument for what I'm talking about. I don't see how, like, like Hulk or Austin doing, like, Top rope, fucking Frankensteiners, 450s off the top, or any other shit like that. On the other hand, I think sometimes people forget you're being entertained. That's right. And, and Conor McGregor may not be the best like, MMA fighter, because he definitely isn't. But he's one of the most entertaining. It's why he gets paid so fucking much. Oh, dude. And you can be the world's greatest fucking bass player. And if you aren't entertaining to watch, fucking great for you. I kind of think, like, people will talk Lemmy's bass playing up like he's less fucking Claypool. And I'm like, the reality is, he's fucking not less Claypool. On the other hand, Motorhead is just way more over than Primus, but I like both bands. Right. But Lemmy is easier connected. I mean, I saw Lemmy, and this is like a good example of what I'm talking about, about you have to be good, but you don't have to be the best. And a lot of people that are on, like, bass, bass guitar facebook pages guitar facebook pages drummer facebook pages they'll talk about like the people who are technically the best players and it's like and they seem to be pissed off if somebody just has to be entertaining or wrote something catchy or wrote something good that sticks like like, would you you know what i mean my brain is like hey man if the ramones are like one of the most over-fucking bands it's because they're fucking entertaining they're rock and roll high school they're in a fucking corny movie on the other hand it, they don't
0: have to be the best. They just have to entertain. Well, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, Tony Hawk and Christian Erikssoy. You got one that's like the most technical skater in the world, and then you have one that's just flamboyant as fuck and really fun to watch because he's and he
2: was really fun. Yeah,
0: tons, tons of style. <laughs> right, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Like, on got one hand, you got one that's who really didn't. Really didn't shine until the video game came out. Unfortunately, financially for him, but he was always a great skater to watch because he was so crazy. You're like, wow, that's fucking you know nuts. But Christian Asoya was the guy that that was the rock star. That was your Ric Flair, you know.
2: <laughs> Just, oh it, yeah, and Ric Flair is fucking amazing. I've actually met that dude. That dude's pretty nice. That's awesome. Ric Flair was like Ric Flair all the time <laughs> Cause he's he. That was a very important, short stretch for him to be that character because he is that character. Right. He's okay. never not that character.
0: All right, well, we're gonna wrap this up, but hey, thank you for uh, coming on the air and shooting the shit. We really appreciate it, Eric.
2: All right, thanks for having me.
0: Fuck yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Hammers from Deathwish. Got any closing statements? Oh
2: uh, yeah, next year Deathwish will have a new record out, the Fourth Horseman. Uh, it'll be on, we can't tell you yet, and <laughs> you'll just you'll see it promoted. <laughs> oh, <fuck laughs> and, yeah. then, and then as soon as we go back to semi-normal and it's all safe, and I hope everybody stays safe out there, eventually we'll see you on the road.
0: Hell yeah. Thank you very much, Eric. Have a great day.
2: All right, thanks, Jeff. Bye.
0: Okay. Well, that wraps up this episode today. And um, we have an episode scheduled for next week. Hopefully that works out.
1: But uh, for me and Mike to you guys, thank you very much for listening. Check us out on everything where you can stream podcasts. You got Spotify, Apple, iTunes, you got Stitcher. You can go straight to Podbean and look us up and check us out. So go back. We got almost twenty episodes worth of good material and interviews.
0: You can find you can find uh, Podbean on Safari. You don't have to have the app. If yeah. you wanna just go on the internet and look at that way. And uh, an easy way is to look on um, the Facebook Page. It has all the links right there. You can just automatically click on what your preference is as well. And
1: Follow us on, right on Instagram, do all that stuff because you've got the Instagram, Jeff Silgado Show. We got it on Facebook, so for sure. It checks out. Thank you very much. Have a great week and peace.